right, well, thank you guys for coming. If you guys don't know me, I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, if you do know me, I'm sorry. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, just so you know, my voice might crack a couple of times. I'm still trying to get my voice back from being sick a couple weeks ago. So just so you know. Um, but today I, I was given the honor and the privilege to be able to start our Advent series off um, comfort and joy. And today it's that what, um, what I'm going through is we're going to be talking about the Savior who draws near to us. So just like um, what she was talking about, you know, we're going to be talking about Emmanuel. And what the meaning of that is, and well, she already answered it, but we'll be going through that again. But um, I want to go through something here. Oh, we're at the very end. Can you go to the front? Um, I want you guys to picture this before we begin. And um, Oh, where is it? There, oh, geez. There you go, Bethlehem. All right, so we're going to picture this. I want to picture Bethlehem, this tiny town where something huge was happening. So imagine there's shepherds just kind of chilling with their sheep at night, right? Underneath the starry sky, you see all the stars. Um, and then you see the wise men are following, um, let's call it a star GPS, right? In, in the middle of it all, they're following the star. And then in the middle of this is there's a baby, not in this fancy crib, no, but in a makeshift one. It, it, it's like, if you really look at this story, it's like the greatest underdog story ever told, right? And in the heart of the story, this is what we're talking about today, the Savior who gets up close and personal with us. You think about the power of closeness. Um, it's like cozy, you have, you know, your, your fire, you know, you have the nice heat going on at night. Um, it's like cozying up to that bonfire on that winter night, right? The closer you get to that fire, the warmer you're going to get. It's like my son, he, all week, for whatever reason, he has this little um, heat, heater right beside him on a chair. And for whatever reason, his room's not cold, but he's putting it, inching it closer and closer to him. So when you open that door you get a heat wave, like you get struck, you get like sunburnt right away. And so in the same way as the comfort of, of the being close to this, this fire, um, the name Emmanuel is a promise um, that God isn't this distant figure, but a close companion. Just like that, that comforting warmth uh, from the, the fire. So today we're gonna explore, we're gonna explore the idea that that our Savior just wants to be uh, right there with us. So my question for you is, is um, why does this Savior getting close thing actually matter to us? Simple. In, in a world where everyone's caught up in their own stuff, uh, having a Savior who actually has your back and wants to be right there with you is this game changer. You have someone who wants to be with you. It's not just about some uh, far-off God. No, it's about a God who dives into the messiness of our lives. Our Savior is about keeping a safe distance. He's all about getting right into the thick of it, right into our highs and right into our lows. It's like having that best friend who knows you inside and out. 
So we're going to get into some of the good stuff. We're going to read Matthew here, one twenty-three. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. What we're reading here, it's basically saying, guess what? A virgin is going to have a baby, and they're going to call him, him Emmanuel. And like Sheila said earlier, Emmanuel means God with us. Basically saying, God's right here. God's right here. You see, this here is Emmanuel. It's, it's not your typical baby name, right? It, it's not like Adam, Paul, Tyler, Sean. No, it's a name that screams, I'm here with you through it all. We see then in Isaiah 9, 6, it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In other words, we see that Isaiah is saying, saying that a kid is born, a son is given, and he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. They're calling him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right? This isn't just a simple, um, this isn't just any baby. No, this baby is the game changer. He's the one that's going to be right in the middle of everything. So what we're going to be going through this morning, we have, we have three, three things we're going to go through, and we're going to dive into this really this crazy but amazing adventure of Emmanuel. Our Savior is not about keeping that safe distance, but all, it's all about getting up close and personal with each one of us. First thing here I want to talk about is the promise of God's nearness. We're going to dig into Isaiah 9, 6 a little more, and we're going to see how it unfolds. But basically, this prophecy is going to be, a, it's happening a long time before the big event. Isaiah is basically saying, listen, listen up, guys, there's this kid. He's on his way. And this isn't just any kid. No, no. He is the game changer. He's the ultimate. They're going to call him Emmanuel. And that means God with us. Now, again, um, I said it earlier, but his Emmanuel is not just any name, right? It's not the run-of-the-mill baby names. It's a statement. It's a statement saying that God is saying, I'm not staying up in the heavens. No, I'm coming down to walk on earth with you. We're going to just kind of discuss now the significance of the name Emmanuel. We're going to unpack uh, and this because it's not just a name. Just imagine Jesus rocking a, a name that's more than just count, cool sounding. It's a promise. It's a declaration of God's character. Right? As we said er earlier, Emmanuel means God with us. It's, God, it's a God shattering. Uh, it's God shattering the notion of a distant God who just watches from far away. And, and, and it, it's this intimate um, revelation that God is rolling up his sleeves. Uh, he's kicking off his sandals and stepping right into the heart of the messiness of our lives. It's this affirmation that God is, is not content merely being for us in, in a distant sense. He's choosing to be with us, intricately involved in the thick of our everyday lives. 
So when you reflect on the name Emmanuel, um, it's an invitation to recognize that God is not just some far-off observer looking at us from a distance. No, he, he's a participant in the messiness, the beautiful symphony of our existence. It's a reminder that in our joys, in our struggles, in our triumphs, in our defeats, God is not standing at a distance. No, he is right by our side. It's like God saying, I'm not a spectator. I'm not watching your life just because. No, I want to be in your story. So let Emmanuel resonate in your heart. Because it's not just a name, it's an assurance that God is intimately involved in every chapter of your life. And he's navigating those twists and turns right alongside you. So my question is this, is why does this actually matter? Why, why did what we just read matter to us? Well, let's just imagine facing life's curveballs, uh, knowing that you're not alone. And now knowing that Emmanuel isn't this distant uh, promise, it's that arm around your shoulder kind of promise. Brings that true hope when things seem dark. And, and it brings comfort when life feels like a roller coaster. Because your life, you'll just keep going up and going down. God isn't distant. He's right here. I know for myself, I struggled with that for the longest time. I, I remember when I was in, in high school. Yeah, I, was in, I went to church. I, I, I did really well. But I also had a lot of depression. I had a lot of anxiety where... I didn't, I was in a dark place. I ran away from church and ran away from God and ran away from people that I, I cared about because I was too scared. I didn't feel at that time that God is with me. But he's saying here, if you really look into it, I, I remember, and I'll talk about it further, is that God will use people to speak truth into your life. And I remember, I, I, and I probably said it before, I don't remember, um, but I, I remember I was planning to hurt myself one time, and I had someone, one of my old youth pastors, call me right at the perfect time, not on his doing, but on God's doing. And that really helped me to recognize the truth and the reality that no matter where I'm at, God is there with me. All right, we, we, we need to reflect on God's nearness and, and throughout the scripture and so we see that Isaiah sets the stage, but this idea of God getting close, well, it's not this one-time thing. No, it's a recurring theme in the greatest story ever told. I'm going to give a couple examples from the Old Testament and from Exodus and Psalms. Um, it's incredible, actually, how the scriptures weave this, we weave together in this beautiful beautiful tapestry of God's presence in our lives. See, the passage in Exodus 33, 14 is this reminder, this powerful reminder that God's commitment to journey with us. And let's read it here. This, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Just imagine the comfort and the assurance most must have felt when he heard those words from God. It's not just about sending us off to face life's challenges alone. God is actively, actively going with us, guiding us. 
every step of the way. See, the promise of rest um, is significant, emphasizing that in his presence, we will find that peace and we'll find that relief from the burdens of life. We'll move, we'll move on to Psalms 145.18. It's, um, oh. Well, oops. Anyways, um, let's, let's get it. Anyone have their Bible? Um, let's move, let's read Psalms 145.18. Because of course I left my Bible on my desk. Perfect. See, it is there. Wrong. But that's exactly it, right? We see here is that Psalms 145 beautifully complements the message from Exodus. This verse assures us that the Lord is near to all who call on him, right? It's this timeless promise that echoes through the generations. It's not a matter of God being distant. No, instead it speaks of his closeness when we reach out to him. You see, God isn't playing hide and seek with us. No, he desires this close, this intimate relationship with those who seek him earnestly. See, it's crucial to understand this, is that we don't navigate the journey of life alone. No, these verses encourage us to actively engage with God, to call upon him in prayer, and be assured that he is near to us. Even in the midst of life's uncertainties, in life's challenges, but also in the joys of life. We can find peace in the fact that God is present with us. So wherever you are at right now, whether you are going through challenges, if you are going through trials, or even if life is just perfect with you, you can rest in that fact that God is with you. We see this is, it's like having that constant companion Um, that guide, that source of strength. When we face those difficulties, um, we can lean on God's presence for that strength. And when we experience joys, we can celebrate knowing that God rejoices with us. And it's the promise of his nearness is that source of comfort, encouragement, and empowerment for our journey of faith. It's like, when, this, when, when we read these scriptures, when we realize that God is with us, these verses are like anchors for our souls, reminding us that God's presence isn't that distant concept, but a living reality that he is with us. Some may think, okay, that's cool. I, I get it. Um, that's good for, you know, back in Bible times. That's good for back in the day. But what about now? Well, he, he, here's the kicker is that God's nearness isn't stuck in some time capsule. No, it's not exclusive to certain groups. It's for everybody, everywhere. Whether you're navigating through the wilderness like the Israelites or or scrolling through your phone for today. God's saying, I'm not a God of the past. I'm a God of the present. I'm not just for one group. I'm for everybody. So we are going through this scripture. We are going to be discovering how God's nearness isn't just this distant memory. No, it's ongoing universal truth that holds power and promise for each one of us. We see here is 
Second point is Jesus is the ultimate expression of God's nearness. We're, in, we're going to um, kind of connect Matthew 123 in the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And we, we, we've ex- been exploring this. We're going to fast forward to where Matthew drops this bombshell. And we see that Isaiah just wasn't talking. He was predicting the arrival of the ultimate game changer. So I, I want to explain the uh, significance of why. And we see here is Matthew 123 shows from the rooftops. We'll read it again. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. You see, Matthew 123 shouts it from the rooftops. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's sit with that for a minute. We see that Emmanuel isn't just a fancy title for Jesus. It's a pretty amazing thing. Um, like my name, it's Tyler. The meaning for my name is, and its sole name is a Tyler. I lay down tiles. That's the meaning of my name. <laughs> That's pretty sad. But, oh, look at you. I could have used that. Where were you? <laughs> no, but we see his name has meaning. We see that yeah, it's, Emmanuel isn't just that fancy title. It's a revelation of God's heart. It's God saying, I'm not staying distant and mysterious. No, I'm getting up close and personal with you, becoming one of you. You remember that promise? Well, here I am. I'm keeping my promise. And it's that profound truth that encourages us to approach God, not as this distant figure, no, but as a loving present companion on our life's journey. So why does this matter? Well, because Jesus isn't just this divine cameo appearance, right? His birth is God saying, I'm not content being this far off God. I'm stepping into your shoes, experiencing life as you do. We see the humble circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth in a lowly stable and his upbringing as a carpenter's son conveys a deliberate message. And it's saying that God is not hesitant to get his hands dirty. He's God's way of saying, I'm not afraid to get dirty. I'm not, I'm not staying up in the heavens. No, I'm living this messy life with you right now. Jesus' earthly journey becomes this living parable of God's willingness to be intricately involved in the messiness of human existence. We see Jesus was born in simplicity, growing up in an ordinary household, and, but Jesus embodies God's commitment to living a genuine and relatable life with us. And it's understanding the uh, death of this matters greatly because it reshapes our uh, perception of God. I'll say it again, he isn't a distant, unapproachable figure. No, he's a God who walks among us. He's the choice of Jesus to fully experience the human condition. Then she said God's not an observer, but an active participant in our lives. And as we reflect on Jesus' birth, we find peace in the knowledge that our God is not distant or detached. He is near. He is approachable. He is intimately familiar with every nuance of our existence. This realization fosters that deeper connection 
a deeper relationship, evoking that, a sense of gratitude and awe, being awe of God. And assuring us that we are never alone in our journey. It invites us into that relationship with God who, through Jesus, chose to be present in the midst of the intricacies and messiness of our lives, offering comfort and understanding. We're going to fast forward to Jesus' time on earth. It's one thing to be born as Emmanuel, but how did he live that out? We're going to dive in a little deeper, and we're going to just talk about a couple instances of where Jesus is compassionately engaged with individuals. Right? Jesus wasn't about standing at a distance or handing out commandments. No, he got down and dirty in the nitty-gritty of everybody's lives. We see here, as a woman caught in the act of uh, idolatry, surrounded by the, the eyes, judgmental eyes, and what does Jesus do? He kneels down, draws in the sand, and says, let the one without sin cast the first stone. Isn't that a cool story? Like we, we, we see this picture of God's nearness in action. It's God saying, I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to be with you in your brokenness. Or take Zacchaeus in Luke 19, 1-10, the short tax collector who everyone avoided. Jesus just didn't stroll by. No, he looked up, saw him in a tree, and said, let's hang out. That's not a God who keeps his distance. No, that's a God who pulls up a chair at your table saying, I want to be part of your life even in the messy parts. He's saying, you know what? I don't care where you're at. You know what? Everyone else can run off, but I'm pulling my chair up. I'm sitting with you. I'm talking with you. I'm going to have a conversation with you. I'm actually going to respect you. I'm going to show love to you. I want to be part of your life, even the messy parts. Now think about the outcasts. We think about the ones that society pushed to the sidelines. Jesus wasn't having any of that, right? He touched the lepers. He sat with the Samaritan woman at the well. He ate with sinners. It's like Jesus was saying, no one is too far gone for me to get close. You see, his life is this living, breathing illustration of God's nearness to the broken, the hurting, and the marginalized. Here's the deal, is Jesus uh, isn't just a fulfillment of this ancient prophecy. No, he's the living, breathing proof that God doesn't stay distant. He comes close. Not just to the righteous, not just to the religious, but to the messy, the broken, and the overlooked. And as you journey through this, I, 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 I want to really encourage you to be inspired by Jesus as he is the ultimate expression of God's nearness in our lives. There's, there's times when I, when I, I remember when I was in Bible college, we used to go to, um, oh, I want to say Robson Street. And it's one of the, at nighttime, it's one of the harder nights. I may have shared this before, but I'm sharing it again, is that there's times, I, I remember walking down, me and two other guys from our Bible college, um, our goal was to go and just pray for people, you know, and yet those nights there's always people getting stabbed, there's always people, unfortunately, doing drugs, you know, right on the side of the street, you can walk right past and there they are shooting up. I've seen cars where they've, they, they've gone past and, you know, they'll be throwing food on the people who are homeless, the people that are 
almost at the point of OD, instead of actually taking initiative and going to see them. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's, you know, it cannot be intimidating because when you see someone doing drugs right for you, it's like, oh, what are they going to do if I come talk to them, ask if I can pray for them, you know? But I remember the three of us, I was fortunate. I had a guy that was like good, a lot taller than me, buff, unlike me, skinnier, unlike me. He, he was my bodyguard. But I remember the three of us. We had so many opportunities to talk to people. And you'd be surprised at how willing they are to receive prayer. Because people actually paid attention to them. They didn't write them off. How many times have we walked past people and, and just wrote them off because they look different? Or we wrote them off because they act different? Wrote them off because maybe they have some, some alcohol or drug issues? How many times have we written people off? Jesus didn't write them off. Why are we? So this is something I want to really, really say here is that no one is too far gone for Jesus to speak to them. We see that his, his life, he's willing to speak to the messy, to the broken, to the hurting, but also to the righteous and to the religious too. He didn't have that, you know, the clicks. We see this next one here. The impact of God's nearness on our lives. We see that we've journeyed through the promise of God's nearness. Now we spoke about Jesus, the ultimate expression of God's nearness. Now we're going to dive in how this impacts our lives personally. Have you ever felt that, that uh, profound sense of comfort uh, when you're in the presence of someone who actually genuinely cares about you? When you, you know, you're in, you, you go to a dinner, you go for coffee or whatever, you're talking with somebody in that sense of peace when actually someone's acknowledging you. It's a reassuring feeling, isn't it? Well, imagine that sense of security magnified to this eternal scale, and that's what God's nearness brings into our lives. It's like having this eternal anchor in the midst of your life storms. And so when we truly grasp the reality that God is with us, Emmanuel, it fosters this deep sense of security, this deep sense of comfort and peace. We know we're not going through life alone. We know that in our storms we can handle because who's with us? He is. Right? Life's uncertainties don't magically disappear. No, but there's a profound peace that accompanies the knowledge that God is right by our side, navigating every twist and turn with us. He's not just this distant God. No, he's this active, personally involved in the intricacies of our lives. And it's in that peace that we find not only comfort, but also this genuine reassurance that we're not alone. God's nearness transforms, honestly, the landscape of our journey. It's not about the absence of challenges. It's not about the absence of difficulties. 
No, it's about the presence of a loving and ever-present God in the midst of those challenges and the midst of those uh, difficulties. You picture this, you just picture someone that's walking alongside you through the storms of life, offering strength, offering guidance, offering that unwavering support. This realization doesn't actually eliminate any storms but it changes our perspective with them. And as we navigate those uncertainties of our lives, uh, I want to encourage you to hold on to the truth of Emmanuel, that God with us. We all go through our challenges. We all go through hardships. We all go through difficulties, but it's how we react when we go through them. It's to recognize that we're not alone. Now, here's the cool part is God's nearness isn't this passive um, observation. No, it's an invitation. When we realize that the creator of the universe is intimately close to us, it stirs something deep within us. It's like this magnetic pull urging us to draw near to him. Um, there's this game I've been really wanting to get, and it's, it, it's pretty much a string, but you have all these little magnets around. I know Stephen knows the game, but... Um, your goal is to not get connected to other magnets. Think of it as reverse, right? You want to get, when, when you have the magnet, you're all of a sudden the magnet's going to come close. And it's the same thing here is that he wants to have that relationship, right? It's that magnetic pull urging us to draw near to him. So why does that really, why, why, why does this, this closeness matter, matter with God? Well, because in that close, it's not just about having a buddy. No, it's like tapping into the ever, the, the unending strength and wisdom, knowing that God's got your back through it all. God's not just hanging out. No, he's calling us into this dynamic, intimate relationship, inviting us to experience the fullness of life within his presence. He's not some far-off God. No, it's an open invite to experience the whole shebang, led by a loving creator who wants a relationship with you. We're going to go a little, st- a little further and explain how God's nearness transforms our lives. And we see here is that the trans- transformative power of God's nearness isn't... Oh, I'm theoret- theoretical. See, Hannah? Can't say it. You all know what I'm saying. Theoretical, that's, that's the best you're getting, is a living reality, right? We see that stories really, uh, we, we, they, they, there's a lot of stories of people encountering God in the most unexpected places, even in the quiet moments of desperation or in the triumphs of joy. So I'm going to give you a little story, just a little example of what that means. And um, I'm going to say, meet Sarah. We have Sarah here. She's a single mom who's wrestling with the challenges. She's wrestling with the challenges of, of widowhood, but also the challenges of raising three kids on her own. Then one day feeling um, the loneliness and feeling the financial strain, she then turned to her grandmother's Bible and stumbled upon a verse that whispered hope. And it said, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. In her desperation, we see Sarah then poured out her heart in prayer. 
it wasn't just, she, she cried out to God saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I need you. I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm alone. I need you. And while she's praying out of the blue, a neighbor she barely knew knocked on her door with groceries and a note saying, I felt led to help. This became a pattern. Random acts of kindness, timely encouragement, and an undeniable sense that she wasn't navigating life's struggles alone. It was through these moments that Sarah experienced something profound. And in the midst of her toughest days, she felt God's nearness. And to her, it was like this comforting presence walking with her through, uh, through it all. We see Sarah, her story isn't about these flashing miracles or anything. No, but it's about everyday people showing up unexpectedly, reminding her that even in life's messiness, God's closeness is felt in the kindness of others and the moment of support that catches off guard. We see that is with Sarah, and, and the story there is she was going through a hard time, but God was showing his nearness. The Savior who draws near to us, he was saying, I'm Emmanuel, God with us. He's, Sarah knew that she wasn't alone anymore, that God is going to use things to encourage. And you know what? Sometimes it, it was hard still. But we see this, imagine a person facing this hard challenge, feeling overwhelmed, and then in a moment of prayer, sensing the nearness of God, it's like the surge of strength, the surge of peace, that surpasses understanding. I want to say these, these, these stories, like Sarah's story, isn't this inspirational thing. No, it's a tangible evidence of the transformative power of God's nearness in real lives. <clears throat> so here's how we can put things into action. We cannot diminish God's nearness to a nice Sunday uh, concept. God's nearness isn't just here. But sometimes we do this. So let's change that. Let's change our mindset. Instead, let's actively seek it. Let's carve out these intentional moments in our busy days to be present with God through prayer, through reflection, through opening our hearts to hear his whispers. This is not about striving for perfection, but for embracing the perfect love that draws near to us. I challenge you all to seek God's nearness, not just when life gets tough, but in everyday moments, the mundane and the extraordinary alike. Embrace it like a lifeline, for in that closeness, we're going to find that transformation. Let's be a church that doesn't just hear about God's nearness, but lives in the reality of it. As we journey together, let's be, a, um, I want to encourage that the impact of God's nearness not just be this theoretical or theological concept, but a lived experience shaping our perspectives, bringing comfort in uncertainties, and motivating us to draw near to the one who is always close. We kind of went through this, this journey 
We saw that from the ancient prophecies of Isaiah to the earthly footsteps of Jesus. Now, and we've dove into the truth of God's nearness and its transformative impact on our lives. And as we take in the beauty of this Christmas season, let's reflect on the profound significance of God's nearness as demonstrated in the birth of Jesus Christ. We started with, with um, kind of unraveling the pages of Isaiah's prophecy. It wasn't just a forecast. No, it was a God's promise, a promise of a Savior who wouldn't keep a safe distance but would draw near right into the midst of our humanity. The fulfillment of this promise is embodied in the birth of Jesus Christ. And we fast forward to the New Testament, and there it is in Matthew 1.23, Emmanuel. It's not just a name, it's a declaration. Emmanuel means God with us. And as we immerse ourselves in the Christmas story, as we marvel at how Jesus lived um, out his promise, his birth wasn't a mere arrival. It was God stepping into our shoes, experiencing life as we do. And Jesus, Emmanuel, is the ultimate expression of God's nearness, walking among us, understanding our struggles, and revealing the very heart of God. As to close this portion um, of, of today, I, I also want to say this, is as we celebrate Christmas, here's the challenge. As we hang up our stockings, as we exchange gifts with our family and friends, as we gather with loved ones, let's not allow the promise of God's nearness to fade into the background. It's not just, comforting, it's not just a comforting thought f- for a Christmas morning. No, it's a reality that has the power to transform the way we celebrate and the way that we live. We see the security, we see the peace, we see the comfort, and and we see the joy that comes from knowing God is with us. Let's carry that with us. Not only in those joyful moments, but in the ordinary ones that make up our days. So I challenge you, embrace the promise of God's nearness this Christmas season. Again, let it be more than a theological concept. Let it be a lived experience. As we exchange gifts, let's remember the greatest gift is God drawing near to us in the form of a baby born in Bethlehem. Draw near to God as just as he draws near to you. In the midst of Christmas festivities and the challenges of life, Seek his presence in the moments of joy. Share them with him. Let God's nearness be the anchor that grounds you in the storms and the guiding light in the darkness of your life. And as we conclude our time, as we conclude our time this Christmas season, we need to bow our heads in gratitude, grateful for the promise fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. Grateful for the ongoing presence of God's nearness in our life. Let's pray as I have Aaron come on up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Um, I just ask during this Christmas season, we stand before you in awe of your word. We thank you for sending Jesus, Emmanuel, to walk among us and reveal the depth of your love. May we embrace your promise, making it this reality in every aspect of our lives.
especially as we celebrate the birth of your son. Father, grant us the strength to draw near to you, especially in the moments of need. May we lean on your unfailing presence and find comfort in your nearness. Lord, as we leave this place, as we leave this place, continue to guide us. A constant reminder that we're never alone. We thank you in your mighty name. Amen. I'll say in the reality of God's nearness in the birth of Jesus, may it be always with you, shaping your Christmas celebrations and the journey, your journey in profound and amazing ways.